Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 113 of the Philadelphia Eagles pod... Oh, no, sorry. The NBA podcast. I'm Brian Zaporek. We are about 48 hours from the trade deadline, so we're going to give you all the latest news and scoops and rumors and break down what we think might happen between now and Thursday. Before we get underway, I wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so please give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian, but I'm kind of confused. It seems like there's been some sort of American football game on. <laughs> this this minor event happened on This Sunday. minor thing? Yeah. Okay. You, you may have seen the pictures. Of- Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A very sad-looking Trump supporter named Tom Brady after he fumbled with two minutes left in the game and effectively lost. Uh, well, I was way too busy looking at, at commercials, like <laughs> movie trailers. So yeah. I, I'm i not sure what's going on. I, to be completely honest, I mean, everyone knows, longtime listeners know, I am very pro-Philly. So obviously I'm a big Eagles fan. Uh, no. And <laughs> I was so goddamn stressed the entire day Sunday that I couldn't, a, I didn't sit down once during the game. I think I sat down during halftime just to catch a breather, but I did not sit down at at all while the game was on. B, I couldn't enjoy the commercials at all. So, like, I, the, I think the only one I remember seeing is the solo commercial because I rewound that one because I got excited. But, like, I need to now go back and catch up and see the rest because I don't know what happened. I basically blacked out in a state of pure terror for three hours. But... <laughs> But that said, I've already gone back and watched the Super Bowl twice since then. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been a pretty lit 36 hours over here, Mort. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And we will... Congrats. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about the emotional swing that I'm going to be on in the next 48 hours during this I mean, podcast. I just wish I was into football because then I could appreciate this whole thing. I've seen... Philly fans just climbing everything <laughs> that is climbable. 
So yeah, eating horse turds and jumping off of awnings. We did the celebration was exactly as I expected it would be. Wait, roll that back. Eight horse turds. Oh yeah. Oh, go after we get done recording. Go Google Eagles fan horse turd because there is definitely a fan who (laughs) just in the street. You know, horses were. I'm guessing police horses were out and one. Uh, went to the bathroom in the middle of the street, and then a bunch oh, of Eagles fans told another guy to eat one, and God bless him, he sure did. So, I, I yeah. don't think I'll Google that to be honest <laughs> with you. All right, Mort, let's get into uh, let's get into the NBA. We will talk. Yeah, more let's Eagles get into later. a more sane sport. We have <laughs> sane saner fans. Is it? I hope. Is it? I hope. We'll see in the next forty eight hours. I guess. Uh, yeah. So we haven't had much activity since our last episode. We talked about Blake Griffin. We talked about Nikola Miritich. We did have one minor trade Monday or a blockbuster, I guess, if you're a Milwaukee fan. They, they have unified a Plumlee and a Zeller. The, the Milwaukee Bucks acquired Tyler Zeller from the Brooklyn Nets for Rashad Vaughn and a second-round pick. Uh, Rashad Vaughn, reminder, they declined his fourth-year option, so he's in the same kind of boat as Julio Okafor. The Nets are limited in how much they can offer him as a free agent this summer. Sounds like it was just for the second-round pick, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. The pick conveys if it's between 31 and 47. Otherwise, it goes to Phoenix from the Eric Bledsoe deal, and the the, uh, Nets would get a 2020 unprotected second-round pick instead. So, Mort, any thoughts on this major groundbreaking blockbuster of a trade? It is major, but it's major for the Nets because they got Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> I like that no. you're focused on the one part of the trade the Nets probably don't care about. I yeah, it. no. I, I actually I was pretty high on, on Vaughn coming into the league back in twenty fifteen and yeah. uh yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, look, you we have this tendency to call players who are drafted very high for busts if they don't turn into, like, complete stars. Yep. Like Kwame and Michael Olovacandy and stuff like that. But Rashad Vaughn drafted 17th. Like, that's not low. Yeah. And he's played, what, let me just look, 1,632 minutes in the NBA in over three seasons. Mm-hmm. Which suggests he's, he just wasn't ready. So maybe he's going to be one of those guys who's going to go to Europe or somewhere, spend a couple of years, and then come back to the league and be a, a rotation guy. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays well with the Nets. I don't think it would surprise me if they if any team was like really hot after him in free agency this summer. So yeah. maybe the fact that they're limited in what they can offer him won't come back to bite them. Like Maybe they can just get him for whatever. I think it's a little less than $3 million, I believe. Maybe they can just re-sign him for that much. Give him a one-year, $3 million deal. See if he can repair his value. And then try to get a big contract in 2019 when some of the horrendous contracts signed in 2016 start coming off the books. It's possible. Yeah, it would be fun to see him turn into something. I think think he's a better shooter than what he's shown. Mm -hmm. 31% for his career. I I think he's better than that. So it's going to be interesting to see it. And this is such a Nets move. They get a pick, yeah, yeah, and they get a young guy who, if he turns into something, they you know they'll have a shot at re-signing him. Obviously, I mean, right? They'll be they'll have to they'll they'll be limited to a certain amount. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, he's not gonna be (laughs) he's not gonna be that awesome either. So they will probably (laughs) be able to sign re-sign him for like the minimum again if they want to get like an extended look at him. So 
I don't know, I'm just I'm just dicking Sean Marks in general. Yeah, I mean they what they re-signed Zeller to a minimum deal last mm-hmm. this past fall, so it's not like they held him in super high regard. Like getting a second round pick for a guy who you spent a little bit of cap space on for one year, it's a good play. They have to replenish their supply of picks thanks to Billy King. They did so. They take a flyer on Rashad Vaughn. That's great. From Milwaukee, I like it too. I mean, clearly Rashad Vaughn was not in your future if you declined his fourth year option. They've, you know, they've been hunting reportedly for an upgrade in the middle. We've heard them linked with DeAndre Jordan and Hassan Whiteside, like big names like that. I'm assuming this probably takes them out of that market. I'm guessing they, mm. you know, they've been in conversation with the Clippers and with the Heat over the past few weeks and realized their asking price was too high. So they probably yeah. said, screw it. Let's just get you know a minor upgrade and see if he. We're not giving up that anything in terms of on court value this year. Let's let's see if this helps. So I like it from both sides. I, you know, yep. I joke about it being a blockbuster because you know Tyler Zeller and Rashad Vaughn are not Blake Griffin by any means, but it's a move that helps both teams. It's a minor move that helps both teams, and these are the type of deals we often see at the trade deadline. You know, oh yeah. Yeah, the minor ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's not every deal is not a blockbuster. We we often see a bunch of. These tiny deals, especially in the final couple days or the final few hours before the deadline. So don't be surprised if we have more things like this coming down the pipe. But shout Brian, out. we have a little bit of breaking news, or Uh-oh. not breaking news, but this is this is a little bit fun. Uh oh, what? Um, <laughs> the NBA has fined Lakers president Magic Johnson fifty thousand dollars for tampering with Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> he made public comments about him in an interview. <laughs> So oh, Magic just seems to not be able to understand this this thing about not commenting on other players under contract. This tampering thing is just this this eludes him. What did what what interview? <laughs> like when did you I'm say not this? sure, but apparently he spoke about Giannis Antetokounmpo in a in an interview, which this so at first I mean I can I can sort of respect the names that's attached to sure. to his two fines, like yeah. Paul George Paul and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that's a lot better. Like, could you imagine if he got slapped with a fifty thousand dollars dollar fine for talking about Cameron Payne? That'd <laughs> right. be so bad. Right. <laughs> well, that actually, we we should talk about this as well. I forget who reported it, so apologies in advance. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Someone today reported that the Lakers have shifted their free agent um, priorities yeah. from twenty. 18, here we go. Yeah, it was uh, Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski. Right. And I saw you You had a good tweet about this that said, like, every story about the Lakers how to get to the trade deadline should lead with this sentence. So I'm going to just read it verbatim from uh, Ramona and Woj. As the Los Angeles Lakers become more realistic about the franchise's chances of snaring superstars in the free agent class of 2018, the front office is increasingly looking through a longer lens in its team-building process. So... They said they're not abandoning their summer pursuit of stars, but rather they are recalibrating their focus on a 2019 class that inclu- could include Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Clay Thompson, and Jimmy Butler. Well, we're not uh, disregarding, we're not ignoring this summer, but we are focusing on next summer instead. <laughs> yes, you are. You are going to, you are basically saying screw 2018, and that's fine. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You re sign Julius Randle, and then you do the whole. Blake Griffin thing. Mm-hmm. You re-sign him mm-hmm. to trade him. Yep, it's fine. Makes yep. sense. The, now I will say this: if they're going to pivot, there's no excuse to not go out and play Julius Randle like an insane amount of minutes from yeah. here on out. 
Totally agree. Also, I mean, if they're going to pivot, the D'Angelo Russell trade is going to look a lot worse. Than, I mean, it already looks bad, mm-hmm. but it's going to look a lot worse if they didn't need to make that move. Like, it was already very yeah. reckless to make that move. You make that kind of move when you have guys lined up that are going to sign, and you mm-hmm. just need to clear the cap space. That's what, when the Clippers, or when the Rockets got Chris Paul last summer, that's when Daryl Morey was like, he called every franchise across the league. I was like, give me every non-guaranteed contract you have. That's when you make that move. If you yep. trade it a year in advance, and then D'Angelo Russell, I know he got hurt, but he came back and you know he started the year on fire. He's come back, and he's starting to round back into form as well. He's good. Yeah. Like, you screwed up, Lakers. That's, yep. that's atrocious. And now, I mean, now you have to wonder... What do they do with Contavious Caldwell Pope and Brooke Lopez, both of whom are on expiring deals? Do you re-sign both of them, and do you try to flip them before Thursday? Do you re-sign them on another one-year deal, and hope you know they have some value as an expiring contract? Like Brooke Lopez hates his life right now. I I would be very surprised if Brooke Lopez is willing to re-sign in L.A. unless mm-hmm. they just offer him so much more money than anywhere else that you know he he puts that ahead of. Right, his, his own happiness, but and the same goes for KCP. Honestly, yeah, yeah, KCP's been he he's been like he's fine, but he's been kind of sneaky bad. Yeah, which he which is his mo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, true. no, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. that's he's he's playing much like himself. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, he's he's gonna fall into that category of guys like Nerlens Noel is the same way. They got offered these huge extensions in the last year or so. How many mm. of those guys are gonna, you know, come back and regret? Like, didn't KCP got offered like five years, eighty million, right? I think so. Yeah. There is no way in hell Catavius Caldwell Pope is getting eighty million dollars in the free agent market this year. No. no way. No. No. So it's a good thing he got his eighteen million yeah. this year. Yeah. All he needs is sixty-two to make it up over the next <laughs> three years. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> totally gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mort. Let's pivot away from the Lakers. We'll go to their rivals, the Boston Celtics, who are apparently shopping Marcus Smart, according to new uh, Mark mm-hmm. Stein, Mark Stein of the New York Times. It's a tongue twister there. Uh, apparently, the Denver Nuggets have been inquiring about him. It seems like the Celtics are shopping for a first-round pick, which would they would then <laughs> float in a trade offer for either Tyreek Evans or Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but that's funny to me. A first-round draft pick for Marcus Smart. <laughs> I mean... Come on. Yeah. I mean, look, look. We were sitting here over the past few weeks talking about how much first-rounders are worth. <laughs> right. Marcus Smart is is up for an extension, first of all. Yep. Or up for... Not an extension, sorry, but he's, he's going to be... Agent. He's yeah. good, exactly, so he'll up, be up for a new contract. Mm-hmm. He, I haven't looked at his stats for, I want to say, a month, but uh, I've, I'm, without looking, I'm probably going to be accurate in my assumption that he's still not shooting over 40% from the field, right? You are correct. And not only oh, that, but yeah. he also, he's out for probably until the All-Star break because he recently got into an altercation with a wall. Right. Oh, yeah, that was smart. That's yeah. too... Oh, yeah, smart. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay, there it is. Yeah. But, okay, so so 36% from the field, 
29.9 from downtown. Like, yeah, okay. He's a world beater defensively, mm-hmm. but he's a high turnover, low efficiency player on the other end. There's like him being productive. I kind of think is a, is a product of uh, Brad Stevens a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would be nervous to seeing him in a different uniform. He could go completely Avery Bradley slash Jay Crowder on it, mm-hmm. and that's not worth giving up a first rounder. Yeah. I mean, I'm not touching Marcus Smart if the price is a first-round draft pick. No. If Danny Ainge gets a first-round draft pick for Marcus Smart, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give up. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I would then agree. nothing makes sense. I it, mean, it kind of feels like this is gonna be the token. Like every year, Danny Ainge has the "We were so close to making this deal." The deadline, it feels like mm-hmm. we were so close to getting a first-round pick for Marcus Smart at the deadline. No, you weren't. Nope. I don't think so. You would have to be a really, really bad management team. Like, yeah. Phil Jackson with the Knicks. Right, right. Ish. Yeah. But here's my question. If, they're, if they want to get in on Tyreek Evans or Lou Williams, why not? Like, shouldn't either the Clippers or the Grizzlies just consider trading, like, one of those guys for Marcus Smart and a second-round pick? Or just call up Boston and say, if you want Lou, give us 28th. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, do you, so you, let's say, I mean, I'm not going to say Denver's trading a first-round pick for him. But let's no. say they give up, I don't know, Malik Beasley. Yeah, I guess I'd do that. But nothing. Not like, yeah, like Malik Beasley in a second. Yeah, or just or just Malik Beasley straight up. I mean, he was a first round pick a year ago, right? I would do that. Yeah, I would do that just to bolster the defense. Mm-hmm. Do you like? But I mean, do you like Marcus Smart's fit in Denver? I don't like Marcus Smart's fit anywhere. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it, I, I realize that I'm always bashing on guys who can't shoot, but in a league where it's so essential to have that skill, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't see how you can legitimately think, oh, we should get a guy in here who can't shoot and he'll work for us, like he'll yeah. upgrade us. I don't I don't think that's how it works any, anymore. I would agree. Also, for Denver... They've got a Nikola Jokic problem on their hands because they can either decline his team option this summer, make him a restricted free agent, or they can pick up a very cheap option on him next this for 2018-19, but mm. then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So you almost have to decline his option this summer and make sure you can retain him. Why would he be an unrestricted free agent after that? Because he was a second-round pick. Does that go straight to uh, unrestricted, though? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I actually did not know that. I thought yeah. you kept... All right. I mean, they would still have bird rights on him, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he would yeah, have the but, right to go anywhere. Right, right. So, you, I mean, you have That's to... That's interesting. Yeah, okay. you almost have to decline oh, yeah, that yeah. option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not, not just almost. You obviously have to. But uh, I think... I think it will also be... Like to show respect, honestly. Just oh like, yeah, right. I mean, it's it would be a dick move if I mean this is a guy you consider a franchise player. It would be right. 
shitty to <laughs> make him earn what I think it's like one point. Let's see, one point six million dollars next year. Yeah, exactly. And he's <laughs> you should move that point somewhere like to the to the right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but okay, then so if he's... you trade for Marcus Smart, I mean you're gonna you're gonna give Jokic if not the max, very close to it. Yeah, but and you then... have Paul earning thirty something. Mm-hmm. Gary Harris just. He has the extension kick in next year for 16.5. Will Barton is an unrestricted free agent as well. Wilson Chandler has a 12.8 million player option. Fareed has 13.8 left. Like mm-hmm. they're they're way they're going to be way capped out. So then you're going to have Marcus Smart who you also have to sign to an extension. Like then you're I mean oh. you're going to you're going to plunge oh. deep into the luxury tax. Yeah. Nuggets I I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't either. I, no. Unless you can get off of, if you can get off of Fareed's contract, then it's worth discussing. But yeah, but Boston just picked up Greg Monroe. Yeah. So, what? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Boston would do it. Unless I mean, maybe they would do Fareed plus like a top ten protected first for Smart. Like Boston would do that. I don't know if Denver. Would. Oh yeah. Well, obviously. Right, right. 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 So I mean. Yeah. That might be the incentive. Is it's like a Nikola Miritich deal? You can dump mm-hmm. a bad salary. But, yeah. You know, I, I don't even think that would be cap. Actually, I'm sure that would not be cap legal for um, for I mean for both sides. But yeah. But like, just 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 hang on for a minute here. Like, like is there even a place outside of Boston where Marcus Smart makes sense? Like okay, you could always pluck him into like San Antonio and Golden State because sure. there are teams that are so well structured. But let's let's take the Uber teams out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, where does he fit? <laughs> I don't know. That's I mean, Cleveland. It's, it's kind of why I'm interested. I don't know how valuable. I guess his matching rights will be valuable. Because I don't think he's going to get a huge offer this summer. Like, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he only has to get, or if he has to settle for the mid-level. But a lot of these guys, this is worth right. an entirely separate episode at some point. A lot of the free agents this summer should sign two-year deals. Because, yeah. <laughs> because when all of the bad contracts from 2016 come off the books, it's going to mm-hmm. be another spending spree. But if you lock yourself into <laughs> a four-year deal... You're yep. screwing yourself out again. Like you, you already yep. got screwed by 2016. Everyone in the NBA should be trying to become a free agent in 2020. I think it was Bobby Marks who was on Voch's podcast recently who said that I don't remember the figures 100, percent but I think it was that in this this season 3.1 or 3.2 billion mm-hmm. were committed in salaries, mm-hmm. and for next season it's already up to three billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, <laughs> there's just so little financial movement coming on. Right. And what makes things even more interesting as well, one of the teams that will have cap space, the Bulls, have more or less just put themselves out of the race, mm-hmm. which the Lakers have now as well. Yep. So you have two teams with cap space who are pulling out of free agency for this summer. Yep. Yeah, he actually had a story, him and uh, Brian Windhorst published a story yesterday along that same line, mm-hmm. um, just saying, like, w- there is, yeah, already 12 teams are currently projected to be in the luxury tax next year, 
Another handful could easily get there by re-signing their key, key free agents, including like the Milwaukee Bucks if they re-sign Jabari Parker. Uh, yeah, here's your, here's your thing. Teams are paying a players a collective $3.13 billion in salaries. Um, they already have $3.02 billion committed next year, and the cap's only supposed to rise $2 million, which is only $60 million added to the cap across the league. Yeah, that's... Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so right there is. I mean, we've been saying this for months now. There is uh-huh. not much cap space across the league this summer. It's going to be a buyer's market. The teams, you know, the ones that go after LeBron James and Paul George and Demarcus Cousins, those guys are going to get max or close to max, maybe in Demarcus's case because of the injury. After that, like Isaiah Thomas is not getting a max deal this summer. <laughs> no. It's gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, and we're we're going back to the point where a max deal is reserved for the truly elite players, like which you talked about a lot. To your credit, like you you actually you challenged this thing a couple years ago, mm-hmm. like you, on this podcast. You you were like, at what point does it does does these does the, does the big contracts just handed out to to every starter becomes too much? Yeah, like you were on this two years ago. Yeah, I mean it was. It was pretty easy to foresee this, I think. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it, the cap was going to jump. It jumped $24 million that one summer. Mm. Every team spent, or I mean, all the teams with cap space spent recklessly. But the cap wasn't going to keep jumping $24 million every summer. It was going to jump. I mean, it, it was projected to jump more than it has. I mean, it was supposed to go up to $107 million for 2018-19, according to Marks and Windhorse. Now it's only one hundred and one. So a smaller than expected growth is is only further exacerbating this problem. Yep. But I mean, yeah, like at a certain point, the raises, the annual raises in salary from the contracts signed in 2016 were already expected to outpace the raises in the salary cap. Mm. So there, those contracts were already going to take up a bigger proportion of your cap each year when you sign those deals. Yep. That, no, that, is a, that is a long-winded way to say... No, no, for, you're right. But for, like, for Marcus Smart or for Julius Randle, for any of the other guys, Rodney Hood, who we'll talk about in a minute, yeah. all of those guys are going to be restricted free agents this year. You know, if you're coming at it from a perspective of two years ago, you're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to acquire them because they're all going to get $80 million deals in free agency. No, they aren't. Those guys are not getting $80 million deals. Qualifying offer. Yeah. I mean, like... Some good. Nerland's Noel got four years, $70 million. He regrets not taking that deal right now. He's not oh, getting yeah. $70 million in free agency. Same with Kentavious yep. Caldwell-Pope. We said it earlier in this episode. He turned down mm-hmm. $80 million. He's not getting $80 million. These offers are not there. You're going to... Like, teams are going to be... A lot of teams are going to be limited to the mid-level exception, which is a little... Uh, under nine million for non-taxpayers. That's it. That's where we're, that's going to be the market for yep. non-superstars this year. I would agree. I'm just going to uh, go back to the whole Magic Johnson story because yeah. I'm going to apologize to Magic. Oh, that that fine is ridiculous. I have the quote right here, okay, which seems to to provoke the fine oh, from yeah. the NBA. I see it. Oh no. Yeah. With his ball, ha- magic talking here. With his ball handling skills and his passing ability, 
He plays above the rim. I could never do that. But his, in, but in his understanding of the game, his basketball IQ, his creativity of shots for his teammates, that's where we have the same thing. He can bring it down, make a pass, make a play. I'm just happy he's starting in the All-Star game because he deserves that. And he's going to be like an MVP, a champion. This dude, he's going to put Milwaukee on the map. And I think he's going to bring them a championship one day. So, wow. If that's why he was fined 50K... For tampering, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree overwhelmingly with the NBA on this one, then because this is not talking to Magic the executive. This is talking to Magic the player. I know it's like hard to differentiate because of the position that he's in, mm-hmm. but this guy is just complimenting Giannis. He's not any doing anything else. I think it should be fair game. Whoever you ask to compliment someone else without you know calling it tampering. I think that's the problem, and it's hard. It's Magic is having a hard time with this because he's not been an executive for so long. Mm. But as an executive, I'm going to read this from Kyle Newbeck of Philly Voice just tweeted this out, and this is from Larry Kuhn, CBA FAQ, which is you know, yeah the, the most invaluable. Oh, it's it's our Bible. Of. Yeah, it's our Bible. The quote is: "The only allowed response when talking about players under contract with other teams is to decline comment." It's just it's the letter of the law, and I mean mm. I agree with you, Mort. It's it seems dumb, okay, but yeah, that's I the rule, it. and I can I can understand why the NBA would be sensitive about that. I agree, like it's harmless. He's he's comp, you know it's an NBA legend complimenting an up and coming superstar. That's really nice, and I'm sure it means a lot to Giannis to hear that. But then the NBA is thinking, well. When Giannis is a free agent in 2020, is that planting a seed in the back of his mind that he wants to go to the Lakers and hang out with Magic Johnson? I get it. Yeah. No. Oh, this is this is where you know bureaucracy can be a little bit frustrating because yeah. Magic, as much as we make fun of Magic in terms of his eternal optimism <laughs> and positivity, right. um, you know he's still one of the greatest. Yeah. to ever lace them up so obviously we're interested in hearing you know when he when he really goes goes on like to talk about new players or, or upcoming guys like that's obviously interesting to hear like if he sees something of himself in a different player everyone wants to hear that mm-hmm. but yeah i guess it's a it's a different age isn't it yeah uh all right more let's pivot we're gonna go stick yep. with a report from Adrian Wojnarowski. He reported this Tuesday that the Celtics, yes, Nuggets, and Philadelphia 76ers are front runners on Tyreek Evans. Miami is also in the hunt. So, Mort, I want you to ask me <laughs> what I think about the Sixers trading or being in, being a front runner for Tyreek Evans. So, Brian, outside of being nervous about Joel Embiid's health, how do you feel about... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was cruel. How do you feel about being the front runner for Tyreek Evans this coming trade deadline, four days hours away? First off, I'm not nervous about Joel Embiid's health because A, he just played his first back to back ever and survived. B, he went to the Super Bowl. C, the Eagles <laughs> then won the Super Bowl. D, now afterward, he hijacked local news and said, We're next. So, for whatever reason, the sun is shining on Philadelphia at the moment. Joel Abid, knock on wood, is going to have a long and healthy career, and he's going to lead us back to the promised land someday. 
on the Tyreek Evans note, I tweeted this yesterday. I said the emotional swing from the Eagles winning the Super Bowl to the Sixers trading a first round pick for Tyreek Evans is going to be wild. And that is exactly how I feel because God help me. If the Sixers trade a first round pick for a rental in Tyreek Evans in a season when they have no chance of winning a championship, that is the dumbest shit ever. That said, Brian Colangelo is a hundred percent going to do it. So I'm, I'm preparing myself for it. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. It's just yep. a really dumb idea. The Sixers are where the 2016 Eagles are. They are a young, fun team that makes a bunch of dumb mistakes. They realize they have their franchise pieces in Embiid and Simmons and hopefully Markel Fultz if he ever relearns to shoot and gets over the shoulder injury. That's great. Like these are the this is a stepping stone season. This is pretty big piece there you just skipped over in terms of Fultz though. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, that's true. But even if I mean, even if Markel Fultz does not like God forbid Markel Fultz never relearns to shoot and the shoulder injury just plagues him for the rest of his career. Yep. They still have them beaten Simmons. Like, yes. Yeah, that, but that's not enough. I, yeah, but you could build around those guys. You've got two critical pieces. Like, this this was the whole point of the process was to get those guys to build around. Like, the Orlando Magic right? have been rebuilding for a year longer than the Sixers have. They have no one. Uh, I know, but part of the rebuild was also, or the process was all, also to get, like, a guy like Fultz. Who should be that third piece? Because he would he would be cost controlled alongside right. Ben Simmons, alongside Joel Embiid, so you could play the free agency market as well as having three effing superstars coming up through the ranks. Yeah, having one superstar down, potential superstar, I should say, down it is a major blow and would have to stretch you a little bit thinner. Yeah, it would hurt. It would undeniably hurt, and it would lower the upside. The long-term upside on this team, but yeah, they would still be they'll still be in the mix as long as Embiid stays upright. They're still in the playoff mix for the next right, however long he's under contract, which is at least that's, five. That's more years. true, and also, I mean, I don't think Markel Fultz's shoulder injury no. is gonna like become a long-term thing. Neither right now, it. it's just a weird thing that. I'm just looking forward to Lee Jenkins or someone coming out with a, with a tell-all piece. <laughs> yeah, me too. That would be great. I know. if, if the, I don't know what's happening. No one really seems to know what's happening outside of the organization. Or they're just not being clear about it. But mm. we should be used to this. This happens with the Sixers every goddamn year. They have weird injury <laughs> management, and their top rookie misses their entire first season. This is not yeah. news. The only no. news is that they're handling it strangely. But going back to Tyreek Evans... Yeah. If they can, like, if they could trade Trevor Booker, I mean, they have four second round picks in this mm-hmm. year's draft class. They are not, I mean, you can draft and stash with a couple of them, but they just don't have the roster space to accommodate four second round picks unless you draft and stash all of them. So if you package two of them for Tyreek Evans and you put, you know, Trevor Booker just to match salaries, that's fine. But, like, don't, don't trade a first round pick. It's going to be in the mid first round. You can get a good player with that, or if the Lakers pick conveys, and then you get your own pick, you can package the two and move up. They should not, they are still not at the point. Like, Boston, I get it. Boston is in win-now mode. I mean, they have a very realistic chance of going to the finals. You saw that Warriors-Celtics game from a couple weeks ago. Add Tyreek Evans to that core. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Warriors for sure, 
but they <clears throat> they would have a chance. It would mm. at least be an, an entertaining series. I mean, why not? But like the Sixers just aren't at that point. I would frankly yeah. say the same about the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets might just want to have some sign of progress and make it, you know, make it to the playoffs at least get that experience for Jokic and Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. The Sixers are I mean, if they just stand pat or if they, you know, if they trade a second round pick for Marco Bellinelli, they'll still have a realistic chance of making the playoffs. I just don't like the idea of trading a first round pick no matter how protected it is. I don't care if it's top 20 protected. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it for rental. So, who should Memphis target for for Tyree to get that elusive first round pick? I mean, I would say Boston, as you yeah. said earlier. You know, trade the twenty eighth. Yeah, and if they, I mean, shit, if they're if they're serious about giving up Marcus Smart, send him to Boston. Send for Marcus. For I mean, for yeah, like Marcus, if 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 Memphis doesn't only want the twenty eighth, send Marcus Smart and a second rounder for Tyreek Evans. I guess. I'm not too crazy about taking on Marcus Smart if I'm if I'm Memphis, especially com- considering he's up for a new deal because yeah. it seems like they have enough bad deals on the roster. Right. Yeah. But again, who's going to give Marcus Smart in restricted free agency? Who's going to give him a huge deal? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like but if- then he'll then he could take the qual- qualifying offer. Yeah. And then be out of there after a year. And so what did you give up? Yeah. You gave up Tyreek Evans in a <laughs> rental. Who's also going to be out of there this summer? Yeah, but if you got Boston's twenty eighth pick, yeah, I mean, I would like that's... if you're Memphis, that should be the number yeah. one target. But if, if Boston says no, yeah, then okay, yeah, 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 take Marcus Smart. Yeah, I, yeah, I like. I guess I like the idea of Boston going for Tyreek Evans. I I hate the idea of Philly going for him. I am lukewarm on Denver. Mm. I would agree with that. So let's switch to another guard who may be moving teams by Thursday, Rodney Hood. Oh, we talked about him. We did. So Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune followed up, I believe, yesterday as well, uh, reported the Thunder, Bulls, and Pistons are all in on the bidding for Rodney Hood. Pistons is interesting. I don't know what they have to give up after the play. That's the thing. Would have to be like Stanley Johnson. But the same goes for the Thunder. And we talked about this, I think, last Mm -hmm. episode or two episodes ago. They owe their first-round picks in 2018 and 2020, so the earliest they can trade is 2022. I, I mean, they don't want to give up Terrence Ferguson. Well, that's the thing. I was just about to mention him. Yeah. Like, Terrence Ferguson, potentially. But it doesn't... But they, it's a, yeah. It sounds like they don't want to give him up. So it's like Alex Abrines, Josh Westis, eh. Zakari Johnson, Jeremy Grant. Eh. Yeah, none of those guys are going to move the needle for Utah in getting Rodney Hood. Right. 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 Terrence Ferguson, at least, is young, athletic, can shoot the three ball. There's mm-hmm. something to build on there. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest here. If OKC has a, a deal for for Rodney Hood, for Terrence Ferguson, and they decline, you would have to to argue that they're not in this year. Yeah. Even even with a slightly old Carmelo Anthony and in his prime Paul George. Oh, and in his prime Russell Westbrook as well. I, <laughs> I keep forgetting Russ is, is actually a little bit up there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like 
I can understand their motivation for wanting Rodney Hood, especially with Andre Roberson out. Their defense has started to flag a little bit. It's not like Hood is an all-world defender like Roberson, but mm. Ferguson, in the five games since Roberson uh, went out, he has two points on 0-4 shooting total. Yeah, like they, <laughs> that's yeah, not great. They need more than that. From I mean, they have a strong starting five otherwise in Russ, Paul George, Stephen Adams, and Carmelo. They need something out of the two-guard spot. Mm. So whether it's Hood, whether it's Tyreek Evans, whether it's the Williams, whether it's you know a Marco Bellinelli or a Garrett Temple, they need someone there. Or they need Terrence Ferguson to... I mean, he had a couple big games earlier this year. It's not like he's incapable of playing well. But the early returns and their defense has also started to flag a little bit. I know, super small sample size, but they were fifth in terms of defensive efficiency... Before Roberson went down, they're allowing about 5.1 points more per 100 possessions in the five games since. So, I don't know. I, I like the idea of it. I just, for both the Thunder and the Pistons, it seems like they don't necessarily mm. have the assets. I mean, more the Bulls, in terms of assets at least, seem to be best positioned for him. Yeah, but he just doesn't make sense with Zach Levine there. Yeah, right. I mean... Again, we touched about this. I, I, I even recorded an, an episode of, on Bulls HQ podcast with Mark Karansoulis this morning um, where we went in, into deep detail about this. And essentially, <laughs> jazz fans are going to hate me. <laughs> Rodney Hood is really nothing but just a scorer. Mm-hmm. He's not a strong defender. He's mm-hmm. a miserable rebounder for someone his size. Mm-hmm. He's not a playmaker. He shoots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to the line a whole lot. And all that is basically the statistical profile of Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. So if you want to combine the two at the two and three, because at six eight, Hood should be able to play the three. I mean, what are you looking for there? Mm-hmm. Just scoring? That's going to be a problem. You would need more. Yeah. I mean, then the hope is that you get like a Luka Dantage in the draft and you kind of slide sack down to the one but let Luca handle the basketball for the most part and he sets up those two wing players for a lot of easy buckets that's fine in theory at least offensively but mm-hmm. whew, defensively it would be a train wreck, train wreck. and I, I just I don't see the need there unless he was willing to completely like become a new player like coming off the bench like if he was willing to be this super sub who just like jamal crawford it up for the rest of his career then fine we could talk right but yeah he he doesn't make a whole lot of sense in chicago he makes sense for a team that's pretty deprived of of talent especially scoring talent Mm -hmm. and uh, it it goes back to he's also going to be a restricted free agent this summer Mm. Are you going to give up a lot to get a guy? I mean, uh, Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune said the Jazz ideally want a first-round pick for him, but they want, quote, an asset. <laughs> Are you going to yeah. give up a first-round pick for the right to possibly overpay Rodney Hood? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. And, and it doesn't matter what, you know, a, a rebuilding team like the Bulls or a team that's going kind of all in like the Pistons or the Thunder. I don't know that any team should really want to give up a first-round pick for you know, Rodney is a good player, and you know you could probably get him if you wanted to overpay him in restricted free agency. I don't think the Jazz, depending on how much you overpaid him by, the Jazz yeah. might just be willing to let him walk. 
Yeah. So, but you know, you but that's the thing. Game. You don't want to be in that position, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's worth getting his matching rights for sure. Is it worth a first round pick? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, look. This is pretty. This is a pretty clear answer. It's not. It's mm-hmm. really not. I mean, he's he. As you said, he's a good player, but he comes with severe limitations. Mm-hmm. Like you would need to carve out a very specific role for him. Yeah. I get. And no, I guess. Yeah. The Cavs would actually be one semi-okay landing spot, especially if they're willing to give up, not the Brooklyn pick, obviously not the Brooklyn pick, Mm -hmm. but give up their own pick. Yeah, yeah. The number... It'll be... 24th right now. So what, as a J.R. Smith replacement? Well, just as a guy who can... You know, who, <laughs> who can help help you rebuild if and when LeBron James leaves in the summer? Yeah. Again, it all hinges on what you expect to re-sign him for. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna sling out a number. I probably would not pay him more than twelve million a year. Yeah, I think we we discussed him. When we discussed him recently, you asked, would I pay him more than Robert Covington, who after this year, I believe, is around right. four years, 44, 45 million. That seems like a fair number for him. Mm. Gary Harris, I believe, got four years, 70-ish, somewhere around there. He got four years, yeah. Or, uh, <coughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, 80, no, it was, right? It was four years, 84, but I think only 72 yeah. is guaranteed, I want to say. Yeah, but that all of that is going to be guaranteed because he's damn good. Yeah, so everything's probably. going to get be picked up. Oh no, it was four years, seventy four with a two point five million annual unlikely bonus, according to Spotrack. But then, yeah, okay, so yeah, seventy four guaranteed, eighty four total. Yeah. I don't think Rodney oh, okay, is sniffing enough. that. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, Gary Harris is a much better player, and still, right. you know, Gary Harris is not making a max deal by any means. So. It wouldn't surprise me to see Rodney Hood get 460 at the very most. Yeah. But I would hope yeah. teams exercise more fiscal restraint and do something, as you said, around 445. You know, Deion Waiters got 452 last year. That That's the upper limit of where I would go. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the Bulls are in a similar position with Zach Levine. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people have packed Zach Levine's future salary to be in the 20s. Yep. When I look... At what he's doing and how bad he is defensively, mm-hmm. I'm thinking 15 at yep. the most. Yep, yep, yep. Because you you alluded to this right before. These guys are not superstars. Yeah, they shouldn't be paid max deals. Right. I know the Bulls are betting a lot on Zach Levine, and if they traded for Rodney Hood, would be betting on him too. But that doesn't mean they should overpay right off the bat. Yeah, I agree. But again, that goes back to. All of these guys, I stand firmly by this. Any of these restricted free agents, unless you have a terrifying injury history, mm. sign a two-year deal, become a free agent in 2020. There's about to be yep. another huge cap mm. boom then because all of those oh, yeah. bad 2016 deals come off the books. Do you? This is actually pretty interesting. Do you think that GMs who, well, okay, the specific GMs probably did learn, the guys who signed the bad deals in 2016, you know, mm-hmm. you know the the Evan Turners, yeah, the Mian Mahimis, Moskov, dang, you know, the whole <laughs> shalant there. Baysmore, um, yeah, yeah, exactly, all those. Do you think the league learned? 
I would say yes, if only because we haven't seen as many of those last year. And well, obviously, money would dry it up. Right, right. But I, you know, I would. It's it's gonna be it'll be a fascinating thing to track in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty once teams start mm-hmm. opening up more cap space because I've, desperation will definitely drive some teams to overplay middling players. Like that's that's what it always comes down to is desperate GMs trying to save their jobs, go in on this short term push. And we've said this before. We don't know if it's the GM or like if ownership is pushing for them. You know, we right. we've been rebuilding for five years. We expect more progress go get someone so entirely feasible yeah like there unless unless there is a complete change in ownership in the next couple years like there are always still going to be bad owners who prioritize the short term over the long term and at that point it might not matter who you have as your front office unless your gm can successfully convince your owner look this is a dumb way to approach building a team even if you're looking at the short term how do you justify handing over seventy million to Bismack Biombo? <laughs> and then keeping Nikola Vucevic? I have no right. idea. Right. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of Cleveland, we should at least address this rumor or not rumor, this report from Sham Sharania <laughs> of Yahoo Sports. Uh, he reported Tuesday that LeBron James remains determined to see the season through in Cleveland and will not waive his no-trade clause. Breaking news! LeBron <laughs> James will not waive his tra- his his no-trade clause because apparently he was shopped. Right. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, this, it's the biggest non-news of the day. Of well, course I, he wouldn't. I don't know if Cleveland shopped him. It sounds like teams probably called Cleveland and was like, hey, your season's going down the shitter very quickly. What would it do? Take? You want to? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I know technically LeBron was traded back from Cleveland from to Miami. Yeah, yeah. In a in a science rate, right, right. But that was technicality. Right, right. Uh, when if LeBron was ever traded mid season, that would be historic. Oh my god, it would break Twitter. Yeah, completely. Um. LeBron James traded to the Jazz. Like what? <laughs> Just make no sense. I look. You you touched upon this before we started recording. You said this was LeBron just giving the middle finger to Dan Gilbert. <laughs> yep. It, it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously he he does not want to see Dan Gilbert, you know, earn assets off of LeBron himself. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also think he he does not even want to spend half a season in a place where he does not have control. Mm-hmm. So I think there's also an ego element. I don't think this is entirely oh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waive the no trade clause because of Dan Gilbert. I think there's a lot of you know Team LeBron control in over this because as we know, I mean this is like the biggest public secret about LeBron. He is acting as a pseudo general manager. Mm-hmm. And a coach and everything else, and if he goes to a place where they don't take that kind of shit, to say it outright, then he's not going to be happy there. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it for him comes back to t- to to LeBron control. I I agree. I mean, it's it hypothetically, Mort. 
let's say he mm. were to waive the no trade clause. He's yeah. again, he's not going to. This is a pure hypothetical. Stay out yeah. of our mentions, Cleveland fans. But what would it take to get LeBron James, knowing that he's going to be a free agent this summer? Yeah, and and knowing there's a strong possibility that he's going to leave you. Right. Then not a whole lot, honestly, which is crazy. Yeah. But like I I wouldn't give up a whole lot. Like yeah. it, let's let's just take for let's take the the worst team in the league. That's the Hawks. Mm-hmm. I would not even give up the draft pick. Yeah. Oh, because he's definitely gonna leave you. He would have to be if it's a like if it was OKC. Yeah. I would give up Carmelo and whatever else. Anything not named Russell Westbrook, Paul George, or Stephen Adams. Right. But that's because... not gonna do it for Cleveland. No, no, no. That's because you already have pieces, right? Right. Right. Okay, so it depends entirely on situation. Um, I guess, okay, see, you would give up Paul George for LeBron. Because both are going to be free agents. Both could leave you. Yeah, straight up. Oh, absolutely. But you'd probably have to do more than just straight up. Like Paul George and... Paul George, Terrence Ferguson in the 2022 second. Or the first. So so here's an interesting one. Do you do Kawhi straight up for for LeBron in the hopes that Greg... Greg Popovich and LeBron can at least carry the Spurs to one more title. Oh my god. And then like what do you do? I I, I don't do it. I don't touch it. I where, don't touch it because Where is Sarah yeah. when we need her? Yeah, exactly. Oh, but like I, I don't touch it, but no. I, I would I wouldn't blame people who who would consider it. Unless the Kawhi drama behind the scenes is a lot worse, you know, that report from a couple weeks ago. If that's all right. If that's yeah. real, then yeah, yeah. you probably have yeah. to consider it. But otherwise no, because Kawhi's under contract for one more year after this and mm. he's younger. You can you know, you can feasibly build around Kawhi mm. for the next decade if you want. LeBron okay. and we'll talk about this probably closer to free agency. I I'm gonna write about it at some point in the coming days but like if you get lebron james on your team he kind of holds you hostage oh he does which is why you're gonna hate my my next one oh don't you do it oh i am (laughs) lebron for ben simmons straight up i wouldn't do it for ben simmons no really wow because what like what's he's not they're not gonna win a title this year regardless and then you're giving up ben are you sure yeah. Are you sure if 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 you if you replace Ben Simmons with LeBron James, the much much superior player at this point? Oh no, this is yeah, this is not about. Yeah. I'm not saying Ben Simmons is a no, better no, no, player I, than LeBron. By obviously, no, no, no. You you have brains. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but like, are we absolutely certain that this current Philly squad with LeBron instead of Ben Simmons could not win a title? I'm pretty certain, yeah, because they still yeah. make a bunch of stupid ass mistakes because they're a really young team. But would they make those mistakes with LeBron there? Yeah, because LeBron like, handling the ball. LeBron, you'd have to get used to. If you, it's always hard for guys who get traded at the at the deadline to establish mm-hmm. chemistry. Like it's rare to That's find true. a you know like Yusuf Nurkic last year helped Portland and it was like really good right away. But that's yeah. rare. Like it's it's often hard especially when you have a guy like LeBron who you have to tailor your entire offense and defense around. Mm. So I think like just having to recalibrate around LeBron James would be difficult enough as is. I mean, 
like the oh, Sixers. Oh, consider it. No, I mean, they would be a clear playoff team. They would probably be a legit threat at that point. They might make the finals. They they at least have a chance to make the finals. I mm. still don't think they beat the Warriors though. And then LeBron Lee. If LeBron leaves, then you just gave away seven years of team control. I mean, that's what it all comes yeah. down to for the Sixers is Ben Simmons is on the second year of his rookie deal, so he's going to be really underpaid for the next two years. And then yeah. you can sign him to another five year deal because yeah. But we we were only talking for half a season though. We're going for the ring here. That's oh, all that matters. Yeah, if it's just for the ring, hell yeah. If I'm like, yeah. if I'm not thinking about if if I think North Korea is going to nuke us in July 2018, <laughs> then shit yeah. yeah, why not? Trade you know trade faults for CJ McCollum. Let's yeah. let's do it. Let's go wild. But unfortunately, yeah. I have a bad feeling that we're not going to get nuked and we're we're going to have right. to live through the remaining after July. So. But it doesn't matter because LeBron is obviously being traded for Gordon Hayward and reunited with Kyrie <laughs> in Boston. Now that would be fun. If only that could be so fun. Pick. Could you imagine like oh the face God. of Kyrie if he learned that LeBron had been <laughs> traded there? That would be like, excellent. And, and just imagine like he learned while being interviewed, like yeah. on camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kyrie, you've had this bad quad for three games, so they just traded LeBron James. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, I would. No, look, I would. I would honestly pay money to watch that. Oh, I would too. You know what? I actually, uh, I do have one idea. Yeah. Let me see. I'm gonna verify that it's cap legal before I even propose it. Oh, you're sending him to Washington? <laughs> How'd you know? Yeah, I could. Ima- I could just imagine this is an Art of Porter deal. Yeah. Oh, but. No, no, it's not. But no? it's not, it's not no. allowed because um, jo- if this were allowed, it is not. I would say John Wall because he signed a oh. designated better play- veteran player exception, so he can't be traded for one year. So he's yeah. not eligible to be traded until July 2016 of this year. Yeah, but but if I but if I'm Washington and I only have LeBron for half a season, mm-hmm. I'm not offering Wall or Beal. I'm offering. Auto Porter, and I feel really bad about it, and I'm nervous, and I'm sweating, and I will feel so bad for half a year. See, I, I think I would. If I'm Washington, I kind of think you do entertain well for LeBron. For half a year? Yeah. There's some weird shit going on in Washington. Like, did you see the thing about, like, Marcin Gortat after they won the other day? Said, like, that was a good team win, and you put team in quotes. Oh yeah, hurt. but but Martin Gortat is the closest thing to an NBA depression there is. <laughs> yeah, He's know. always pissed. But both he wants out. Both Bradley Beal and Otto Porter in recent days have also talked about like there's just been more like ball movement and chemistry since Wall has left or since Wall got hurt. Like it, you know, I have yeah, I have seen that. It it's seems weird, like right? there's some tension. Like, and we heard yeah. this. I forget if it was last year or two years ago, how like Beal and Wall didn't necessarily get along super great off the court. Like it, it, it feels like there might be more under the surface than we realize in Washington. And Wall is signed I, yeah. to that gigantic designated veteran player exception. Mm. He's going to be earning, I think, over $40 million by the end of it. You know, it might be like a Blake Griffin thing where you signed him to this gigantic deal. Yeah. Mm. Here's four years, 170 million. 
So starting yeah. in 2019-2020, he starts at 37.8, then 40.8, then 43.8. Then in 2022-2023, mm. his age 31 season, he's making $46.8 million. Oh, yeah. I'm trading that for LeBron James. I want the hell out of that deal. He's already had a bunch of knee issues. He's not getting any younger. I would do that. Oh, the contract angle. That's interesting. I'm not ready to give up on Wall. I'm not. But I get your thinking because that is that is a lot of money. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not all saying right, I'm... I'll compromise. I'll compromise. Okay. I want Jan Mahim included somehow, or or at least have a have a trade ready to get Jan Mahimi off the books as well. Then I'm just mm-hmm. gonna like get every bad shit off the off the books mm-hmm. and just build around Porter and Beal after I, LeBron inevitably leaves. I mean, hypothetically, again, this deal is not legal because John Wall can't be traded until the end of July. But hypothetically. LeBron's making $33 million. Wall's only making 18 right now, so you would almost have to include Mahimi or Quartat just to make it legal in terms of salary matching. Nice. See, that I could get behind. That's yeah. a, What the hell are we doing right now? <laughs> well, we're just, we're, you know, we're, we're shooting the breeze about <laughs> what it would take to get LeBron James. Like, I mean, it, it would, yeah. you know, I again, it's not going to happen. He's not waiving his no-trade clause. John Wall can't be traded, but... Right. You know, it's it's a fun thought experiment because, I don't know, I'm getting some bad vibes about Washington. I'm not yeah. just saying that All right. because That's Andrew fair. Sharp is a Washington fan and he talked shit about the process for the last five years. It just, <laughs> it's just... Now, now, now I'm starting to doubt you again yeah. because you're grinding your axe. Right. No, it's, it's legitimately like something... It would not surprise me if there is some bad blood between mm. Wall and Beal and... I don't, that's a monster contract for John. It Wall. is. It is. Like I think how we've how we've been railing against, you know, uh, guys who don't deserve getting the max getting the max in this episode. I think we're gonna look back in two years and start railing against the DVPE because I, there were John Wall is not among the list of players who I would be, feel comfortable giving that to. I don't know if there is. I mean, like. I, there might be a, a one hand of who you could feel comfortable giving that to. It might be like LeBron, Steph, KD, Harden. Yeah, would you feel comfortable giving LeBron that deal now? No, no, no. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> LeBron four years ago. But yes, a thirty. Right. right. Yeah, a thirty-three-year-old LeBron. No, I would not yeah. sign for. Exactly. Yeah. Like okay, should if we go we're, if we're going this route, Ryan, if we're just shooting the breeze here, then let's let's move on with this one, Steph Curry. Let's go down and check out what he's earning in his final year. Well, he got he, the 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 oh, yeah. one, right? Yeah, and he's on it right now, so yeah. he's earning thirty four and a half million now. Mm-hmm. But in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, he's earning forty five point seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. At that point, he's going to be, what, 33? Yeah, it looks like that's his age 32 season. But I don't know when he when his birthday is. is no, but that's, uh, let's see, March 14th. Okay. So, so he's like, about yeah. to turn 30. Yeah, okay. Right. Are, are we all in on that one? I feel better about that one than I do about Walls because I feel oh, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Curry, no, no, I, 
Curry's right. success is not as derived from his athleticism. Like that shooting ability Absolutely. is not going anywhere. Whereas, Absolutely. Like Wall's explosiveness, once that goes, <laughs> I'm right, nervous. Right, right. I get that, but still, Stephen Curry at the age of 33, 34, mm-hmm. like you, you know that he, at that point in time, he's going to have a loss of step. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, <laughs> at that point in time, with that deal, I mean, I think we are, in, in two or three years, you and I are going to have a conversation that's going to be very fun. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's yep. you also have to project out the salary cap that far, and there's no way to do that realistically. But yeah, the cap will probably be in the neighborhood of $120 million by then. So, you know, that contract, it's not like you're putting... 45.7 million against 101 million cap. Like he's not going to take up 45% of the cap. He'll probably mm-hmm. be back in the neighborhood of 30 to 35%. Yeah. Which is what that I mean that's what this contract was intended to be. It was supposed to be 35%. But then again, now now let I'm just thinking a little bit deeper here because ESPN they are losing a lot of subscriptions. Yeah. Mhm. They could be losing a lot of money. Yep. Which could take them out of the running for a renewal to the EMBA rights. Or at least they don't want to pay as much as they did. Yep. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So in comes, what, Fox Sports? Uh, I or, mean, I mean, Turner and, could swoop in for a bigger piece of the package. Or these streaming giants. I mean, Amazon, Netflix, Facebook, Twitter. I've loved the idea of NBA on Netflix for so long. I, th- yeah. I, I've always wondered why Netflix did not expand into sports. I mean, I think it would make so much sense. The NFL, I forget who just acquired the package. I think it was, it might've been Fox sports, uh, yeah. just sold Thursday night football for more than they got last time. So it seems like sports, I know. I mean, it feels like there's a bubble there, but it mm-hmm. seems like particularly the NFL and the NBA are the, the ones insulated from this ratings decline. It seems like those are the ones that networks are still going to be bidding outrageous amounts on. Whether, I don't get it with the NFL, but okay. Yeah, I mean, they, it draws huge ratings. I think, I forget the exact statistic, but like somewhere, I think I want to say it was like 19 of the 20 top rated programs on television this year in America were NFL games. Yeah, but weren't that in like the older generation? Wasn't it like they were losing a lot of ground on the younger audience? Yeah, I mean, like, Super Bowl ratings were down 3%, but it's still, like, there are 100 million people who watched it. Yeah, obviously. I was just, I'm just thinking long-term. I think yeah, the yeah, NBA yeah. is probably a product that's going to have a more sustainable structure. Right. Oh, I totally agree. So if if, if that's the case, the NBA will be even more valuable in terms of broadcasting yep. rights. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so basically, NBA players won't go, uh, go hungry to bed. No, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, more... We're not going to record again before the deadline. So, there are, are there any trades that you're really hoping to see? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you actually mentioned him in our outline, in your email outline to me. Willie Hernan Gomez, mm-hmm. who wants out of New York. Yep. He's good. Yep. I want to see him go somewhere where he can flourish. I agree. I, I don't get why the Knicks are not playing him more. I get the whole in his candor bit, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is a legit player. I totally agree. On a good deal. He looked great at the end of last season next to Kristaps. Yeah. I mean, we we had uh, Jared Dubin on at the beginning of this year, and we were we asked him, 
who do you think is going to be the starting center for the Knicks this year? Is it going to be Cantor or is it going to be Hernan Gomez? And we all came to the agreement that I hope it's Hernan Gomez. Yep. And then not only is he not the starter, but he fell behind Kylo Quinn. So he's barely playing. He's, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, how many minutes he's played this year? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's very low. Way lower than it should be. So I'm with you there. I hope he gets freed. Um, I'm thinking of potential destinations for him. And obviously, this is so me, but obviously the first thing that pops into my head is the Spurs. Oh, that would be fun. I mean, Boston would have yeah. been a good spot had they, had they not just signed Greg Monroe. Or Milwaukee would have been a good spot had they not just traded for Tyler Zeller. Well, Tyler Seller is Tyler Seller. <laughs> right, so, right, right. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just I just want him out of New York, that's for sure. And also, I'm kind of still thinking about... I, I mentioned this trade a couple times on the podcast... I, and it's not rumored anywhere, but there's still this part of me going, Robin Lopez for Jonas Valanciunas just makes mm-hmm. sense for Toronto because I know that they are kind of working with giving Jonas just a bunch of shots in limited minutes. They're basically playing him like Greg Monroe was played in Milwaukee, just mm-hmm. with a starter position instead. Mm-hmm. But Lopez just seems to be a guy that could elevate the Raptors a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You just got big eyes. Are you reading something interesting on Twitter? Is there a breaking news? No, there is did, not. Did Markel Fultz just <laughs> regain his touch? No. If anything, they would just shut Markel Fultz down for the year. Oh. No. Yeah. No. I was I was trying to find other workable deals. I, I'm with you on wanting Lopez to go elsewhere. It sounds like the Bulls, I want to say it was Casey Johnson of the Chicago Tribune who reported Monday that they are heating up trade talks for him. Yep. So it sounds yep. like... They're hoping to get a first round pick for him. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen either. I I can tell you a deal I don't want to see go down is the Sixers oh, yeah? trading a first round pick for either Tyreek Evans or Lou Williams. But oh yeah, I'm yeah Kelly Scoletta who writes for Fan Rag Sports and B-Ball Breakdown among other sites uh, DM me earlier today. I'm guessing he's writing some trade piece, and he asked. Uh, <laughs> What do you, what, yeah, Sixers get Lou Williams, Clippers get lottery protected first. Do you do it? And immediately my only response was, fuck no. Because, <laughs> uh, and then I said, I fully expect Brian Colangelo to do something stupid like that. But mm-hmm. for the reasons I explained earlier, no. Oh, yeah. I hope they, Sixers, keep all of their first round picks. I'd love to see them trade two second rounders for Marco Bellinelli. What the hell? Go wild. Yeah. But, uh, then let's, Let's wrap this podcast up with one name, Brian. Okay. One of the biggest name out there on the trade market right now. And where do you think Kemba Walker is playing on Friday? I think he's playing in Charlotte. You don't think he gets traded? No. No? Do you? I'm not sure. I have a sneaky suspicion that Orlando is lurking around. That would be interesting. Especially, I mean, it sounds like Orlando is at least entertaining offers on Aaron Gordon for mm-hmm. God knows why. So. Oh, you got me. You, you caught my, yeah. I yeah. think there's something there. I agree. I think oh, man. Yep. Yeah, if you could. I know they hate Alfred Payton, so something around Payton, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Something take, along those lines would work. Yeah, and take a bad deal back if you want. Potentially, or, or, or you could just swap bad deals. You can get the Biombo deal going to Charlotte, send Batum or Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard back in Orlando. Let's do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, I'm not even sure Orlando's crowd would welcome him back. <laughs> He's been playing okay this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. But no, I, I a deal centered around uh, Kemba and, and Aaron Gordon. I could just sort of... I, I'm not saying it's going to go down, mm-hmm. but I do think at some point during Thursday, you know, we're going to see a Roach tweet yeah. saying that those two teams are talking. That would not surprise I, me. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And by the way, you need to, to cover the trade deadline for me because I'm going to London on the very day. And I'm pissed at the NBA, by the way, because actually I'm pissed at myself, to be honest <laughs> with you. Because I had forgotten that they moved up the trade deadline. Yeah. So when I was booking tickets, I was going, oh, okay, and I'm got, and we're going, we're coming back on the 16th. That's fine. Everything's working out like it should. I can do the live trade deadline thing that I always do. And then, nope, Mort, you're going to be on a plane because you're an idiot. Yeah, that that is Joe. Glad you mentioned that. We will still do a recap of the trade deadline, but to be determined whether Mort can pry away from London for a few minutes to uh, uh to recap. well there is internet i've i've learned today oh, yeah? there will be internet Good. and and fast internet so oh, okay. hopefully there we go hopefully there's hope but no promises yeah yeah <laughs> uh, all right boy, let's wrap things up with your crush of the week who you got oh man i had it right before and then we started talking hang on give me okay. one second i because it's always yeah for some reason you always throw me for a wrench with that one <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bojan Bogdanovic. Nice. Okay. Yeah. He's averaging 17.5 over the last five, shooting 52% from downtown on 5.4 uh, attempts, hitting 88 from the line. And he's just he's just doing so well. Pacers are 3-2. and two, And he seems to be hitting that prime, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was always good. I think he had, like, a 44-point game with the Nets. Mm-hmm. Last, not last year, but, but a couple years back. But he's he's this natural scorer, and he seems to be understanding. Oh, oh, I can do this on a regular basis now. I can get my shot. I'm an excellent shooter. Mm-hmm. I can just completely space out everything. And I'll knock it down. I love the confidence. He's just he's pulling up from weird angles and he's draining them. And he's just a no nonsense shooter. And right now he's riding a hot streak. I'm kind of interesting to see. We're interested in seeing. What Indiana does with him going forward? Yeah, that's a good call. Both Bogdanoviches are playing well. Yeah, Bogdanovich is that your Sacramento pick too? No, my pick. Yeah. I'm cheating this week. I have oh. to choose the Philadelphia Eagles. I know oh, they're not in the sorry. NBA, but my God, I like I have been riding on cloud nine <laughs> since Sunday night. I might still be drunk. I'm not 100 mm. percent sure about that one. But shout out to <laughs> more. You'll enjoy this. Uh, Apologies for anyone who gets offended by this term, but the nickname of the Eagles quarterback, Nick Foles, throughout Philadelphia for the last couple days, or really the whole playoffs, has been Big Dick Nick because he has been throwing just absolute dimes the entire, I mean, especially in the Vikings and the Patriots. Just an incredibly gutsy, well-played game from Foles, from their coach, Doug Peterson, Mort, I want to put this in uh, NBA terms because I know the NFL is not your thing. But I'm just sitting here listening and trying to... I, I'm understanding every fifth word. Good. Well, here we go. I'm going to put it in NBA terms. So the Patriots nice. are basically the Golden State Warriors. or the uh, Okay, Antonio. that I did know. Yep. Yeah. So imagine if whenever a team plays Golden State, it got up to a 10-point lead late in the game. Their strategy mm-hmm. then became just dribble out the clock for 20 seconds and then take a yep. contested step back, one foot legged 
28 foot three pointer. Right. That's basically how most teams play the Patriots. They get up, or if they get up, they get really scared at the end, and then they try to mm. try to bleed the clock and like play not to lose. Yeah. The, the Eagles coach played to win on Sunday. He made nice. he made just a series of gutsy calls from the fourth and one where Nick Foles caught a touchdown to the fourth down midway through the fourth quarter. Any you know, ninety nine percent of NBA, NFL coaches punt there. Doug Peterson just went for the throat. Paid off huge. I spent an irresponsible amount of money on Super Bowl gear already. If my voice has been hoarse this episode, it's because I was screaming all of Sunday night. At some point, I will post the video of myself online right after they win. But uh, <laughs> I think my wife might need to divorce me first. But yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. For a myriad of reasons. <laughs> to her credit. So she's a Giants fan, or she used to be. She, she doesn't really care now. She, she basically... Throughout our entire relationship, we've been dating for over nine years now. Her whole thing has just been anti-Eagles, just to troll me. And to her credit, she's been a very good sport on Sunday. She even said she hoped the Eagles won because she just knew how devastated I would be. Mm-hmm. And she like she hasn't been mean since. I mean, during the game, once the Patriots went up, she was like, oh, no, you know how this is going to end. And then I just put my hand over her mouth. Until the game is over, but yeah, she's shout out to my wife for being a trooper throughout the last thirty six hours and for forgiving me for how much money I spent on Super Bowl gear. But I said this on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, the last year has been it's been weird in terms of just caring about sports because of. I mean, mostly. Oh, let's just say it. We've been we've been political on this podcast. Just say yeah, the name. I mean, I mean, but it's true because like the way that. Not only our country, but, I mean, it's happening mm. in other countries, too, that just civil liberties are being trampled on everywhere. Right. And, it, I mean, it's hard to care about something as dumb as sports when real-life things are happening that affect people, you know, that have major consequences for people. It is, it's hard to get excited about sports. And, like, I love oh, yeah. doing this podcast, but I, I've been struggling to find the motivation to write as much as I have in years past this year. The Eagles, they reminded me of why sports are great. Like, it's, it, I mean, it really, truly, when when a team comes together like that and plays for each other and just coalesces the way they did. And then afterward, Nick Foles, uh, he gave an interview, and he was saying, he said something along the lines of, like, look, I got where I am because, of, you know, because I failed so many times. Like, we're in this society where you post highlights of your life on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everything looks great. And then you ignore the parts that don't go so well. But like, I'm, I got to where I am because I failed so many times. We should not be afraid of failure. We should embrace failure. Failure is what you build upon the failures. If you succeeded your entire life, you wouldn't know what it was like to fail. And then like the failures propel you. So I, I thought it was just a, a really powerful message to deliver, especially after you just win mm. Super Bowl MVP. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know I've been rambling for a while now, but... No, 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 are, no. There are really no words to capture what that team and that title means to the city of Philadelphia. I I just had a friend a couple weeks ago pass away. He was 32, um, and he, a high school friend from philly he had a long battle with melanoma dating back to high school and college 
Uh, and one, I mean, honestly, even a bigger Philly fan than I am because he cares about the Phillies and the Flyers, their baseball and hockey teams, and I do not. Um, I know how much this would have meant to him. The Eagles invited him actually to go to the NFC Championship game a couple weeks ago, but he was uh, his health was already in. Uh, oh man! Yeah, it was it was not in a great place then, so he couldn't make it. But they sent him a video and told them. You know, he, they were thinking of him. That ESPN ran a special about there was a, like a ten-year-old kid with uh, I forget what kind of cancer, like stomach cancer or something, that our quarterback Carson Wentz connected with over the summer, and they brought him or they brought his whole family to the Super Bowl. Like sports really do unify you, and you know even in these trying moments, and mm. you need you need these breaks. Like it's it's easy to be to wake up and just feel shitty and outraged about what is happening in the world. And by God, we should all continue to fight this as hard and as long as it we need to. But it's okay every once in a while to take these breaks. And, you know, just, you, you need it. You need to restore your energy somehow. So if it, if it means cheering for a sports team, like I'm a 30-year-old man, and I, one, one of the happiest days of my life was Sunday. And that sounds stupid, but... That's you know that that's that's how it is. That's what makes sports great. So I'd like to thank the Eagles for reminding me of that. And knock on wood, Joel Embiid, you said you were next, so I'm going to remind you of that <laughs> every day until we get another parade down Broad Street. I also implore everyone from Philadelphia listening, stay safe on Thursday, enjoy the parade. I'm with you in spirit, but please, please don't jump off any more light poles or awnings. Stay safe. Good shout. Oh, and, and don't don't eat shit, guys. <laughs> right. If you see a horse poop, do not go and pick it up and eat it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not edible. It's <laughs> it's shit. So I can yeah. think just of, for clarification. I can think of no better way to end this podcast than that. So <laughs> So thank you all for joining us. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. I'm Brian Toporek, and as always, I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Enjoy London. Yeah. Thank you, man. And once again, congratulations on the win. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance.